You are listening to the Elseworld Citizen Podcast. Music provided by YouTube and its affiliates. The Elseworld Citizen Podcast is made possible thanks to listeners like you. If you'd like to continue to show support, follow us on Instagram at Elseworld Citizen and on Twitter at Elseworld Civ. If you are so kind, you can even contribute to the show by following the link in the show notes or the support link on the Anchor app. The views expressed in the interviews and commentary of this podcast are solely those of the individuals providing them and do not reflect the opinions of any comic book publishers, its parent affiliates, or subsidiary companies. We thank you again for your support, and we hope you enjoy the show. Citizens, welcome back to episode four of the Elseworld Citizen Podcast, officially in season three. I am your host, as always, TJ Aquilina, and you are listening to the podcast all about keeping an open mind, obscure, unique storytelling. And today is a treat because we are officially delving into our first novel. And today we are exploring the world of the children of blood and bone by Tomi Adiemi. Uh, She is a Nigerian-American novelist and a creative writing coach. She is currently writing the trilogy of Orisha. Of course, that includes uh, Children of Blood and Bone, followed by Children of Virtue and Vengeance. Uh, Virtue and Vengeance comes out uh, later this year uh, in November, uh, so right around the holiday season, which I'm very excited for. Um, But Also very excited because I get to share with you guys this incredible novel that if you haven't read it yet, um, for those of you that listen, I highly encourage you guys to go out and buy this book and read it or buy it for Kindle. If you want, you can get it probably about half the price as you can for the physical copy on Kindle. It is such a remarkable story. Uh, It was a challenge getting into it for me personally, and I'll get into that a little bit later in my because um, I'm going to talk a little pros and cons, but this is such a great story. And let me just start off with um, get, uh, talking, uh, reading the synopsis um, and, uh, um, and a little bit about, um, well, at least my abbreviation, I should say, of what this really story is about. And it is the exploration of unique stories. Is, um, it's essential to opening your mind to the world. And so the best way is by reading novels, and this story has a very fantastical, obscure style to it, and it's full of magic, destiny, adventure, um, and and very few novels these days, especially fantasy novels, do this. We have a very finite amount of authors who can world-build, but at the same time push the narrative forward. A lot of times... uh, authors who try to do the Lord of the Rings style of narrative storytelling, a lot of times they get caught up in the world building and they forget the fact that they need to continue to move the story forward. I was reading a what what is considered a 
uh, New York Times bestselling YA fantasy novel, um, which a lot of these mostly are. And but but the more that I've picked up, the more that I've found that the vast majority of them tend to kind of it they they're it's just like word vomit onto the page where they're they're just vomiting context and they're and they're spewing out all this history of the world or the planets or the, and there but but it, it it has no impact on the story until like chapter 85 or chapter 60 and it's like I'm only on chapter 10 I've got hun- I've got over a dozen of pages to read before I even get to the significance of this and it makes no sense narrative wise to be telling me all of this now make it make it purposeful to the story and that's one thing that uh Tommy does incredibly well with her characters and with her world um the world of blood and bone is it's set in a fictional african middle ages style realm uh think think black panther but without the technology we're still we're still in the older times the ancient times of like wakanda almost um if but but instead of technology it's all about magic it's all about powers and in this world there have been two types of people there are those who are the magis the the the, the, those of magical uh blood relation and they all have white hair and there are then those who are non-magical and years years ago decades ago the non-magical rulers of some of the realms decided that the magical uh beings were becoming too much of a threat they were scared for their safety and they felt like the only option was to try and i a basically commit genocide wipe them out and then those that remain pretty much push them into the lower class poor um malnourished lands that they controlled and keep them there and keep them under their boots to the point of just not having them exist um and it became such a a problem for the world of orisha that um the the uh the people of magical power that had these powers had to basically start cutting their hair or coloring their hair um or shaving entirely um they viewed it as a death wish to embrace this look um and our our main character zali uh she is she is the main character truly that we follow throughout this narrative there are some other side characters like zane and amari and anan that we do follow in many chapters but for me this book is all Zali's story, and I I, I really just kept it, it. It was frustrating me sometimes when I was reading this book because everything is told in first person. So no matter the perspective that you jump to, it is always first person. It is not third person. Um, and so when it's it's all I did this or I saw this, I'm feeling this way. And when I'm reading books, sometimes that it's hard for me to paint the full picture sometimes because when I when I'm reading books I need the full image I'm a very visual person so if you're not painting the whole picture if I'm because for me it's all about 
perspective, right? If a third person voice is telling me what's going on, for me, it allows me to kind of, even though I'm stepping back, I'm able to paint the whole picture because the perspective is of this unknown voice, this unknown mind, usually the author or whoever's writing it. Um, when it's first person, a lot of times I tend to be skeptical because it's it's painting with a specific brush, right? Because it's it's kind of like news in a way because you have a lot of opinionated news. So if if a reality is being told from a, a singular perspective, for me at least, I have I have some skepticism in it and I'm not able to paint the full picture because I know this is meant to be told specifically from this person's perspective per a specific message or purpose in the narrative. So for me, it's hard for me to be able to see the whole picture of what's happening until after I've read everyone's experience within those scenes. Um, and thankfully, that happens a lot. Uh, Tell Me does a great job of developing character perspectives and character narratives that take place simultaneously with each of the characters chapter to chapter. And by doing so, once you've read about five chapters in or about eight chapters in, you start to finally see the whole picture. You start to finally see all the pieces moving, and it helps you to better understand how the world is functioning and what this journey really is going to be that we are being taken on. Um, again, there are the main characters that we follow are Zali and Zayn, who are brother and sister. And we have Amari and Anan, who are also uh, uh, sister and brother, excuse me. Um, and Zali, she has a very strong personality, um, and she needs to because she is one of the last few of her clan who um, still exist under the boot of the royal family. And uh, they, they still practice their magic. They still practice their physical training. Uh, but they cannot reveal themselves because they will be persecuted for it. Um, and and Zane is the overprotective brother, of course. He's very loyal to his family. Um, he has very black and white views of the world. He does not have changing opinions a lot of times. Um, and it comes to harm for him. But other times, it benefits him. Uh, it is a strength of his character. And... It's enjoyable to read both of their chapters. Zayn does not get a lot of chapters. Zali and Amari and Anand get most of the chapters out of everyone. But I like it when uh, Zayn probably, I think, had maybe two or three chapters at most. Um, a lot of them mainly came from Amari and Anand and Zali, of course. But uh, talk a little bit about the royal uh, children, Amari and Anand. Amari is a very, uh, at first... Uh, predictable, uh, tip, uh, standard princess character for a fantasy novel. She's the one who sees the right and the wrong in the world. She's able to judge it as it is because of her age. She is very young. Um, and because of her youth and because she is still technically a child, she's in her younger teens, um, she's, she's capable of seeing things in a more honest light than her older brother, Inan, who... Who is uh, he's he's his father's son, um, the king of this uh, tyrannical government, and 
Inan has Inan wants to prove himself to his father. He he wholeheartedly buys into you know the death to magic and the threat that they are, and that he doesn't view them as people at, um, at first. And as his character develops throughout the novel, you begin to understand the struggle that he has um, walking this fine line of trying to be his father's son, but still trying to find his own self-identity. And it is a great challenge for him because of, of course, certain magical elements. I don't want to spoil too much uh, because I think you should read the book in order to understand what I'm talking about. But I think I've described enough so that I'm uh, not leaving you guys in the dark too much. Now, there are some great themes in this book, in Blood and Bone, that I want to talk about real quick. And, of course, uh, the first one up is Prejudice and Inequality. Um, This, even though it is a fictional book, um, it definitely pulls on uh, things like apartheid and genocide and military uh, takeovers. It has a lot of uh, very current underlying themes, especially when it comes to racism within your own race um, and discrimination within your own races um, and really truly how a society can become so heavily unbalanced to the point where uh, people just are against one another rather than understanding who the true enemy enemy is, excuse me, and who who they really should be defying or or standing up to rather than fighting amongst themselves. Um, there's a lot of theme about duty to family versus duty to oneself. Um, this is definitely the main. I think this is one of the main themes of this book, especially when you have you have your two polar opposites in this story, kind of your Kylo Ren and Rey scenario, because Zali and and Inan are almost in my in some ways a better version of Kylo and Rey. Um, they have a lot of great depth, but there there's a ton of similarities. Zali, just like Rey, has even though she does have parents and she does have family and 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 memories uh, they both struggle to find the right path for them they have people tell them what they're supposed to be doing um and she's trying to understand her powers trying to be able to embrace them and find the right path while everyone's telling her this is your destiny no 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 you need to come home you need to be with your family, protect your family, don't don't go off on this wild goose chase, etc. Um and and you have again the extreme then in Inan, who is very much like Kylo Ren in that he has he has this deity-like obsession with his father. He absolutely honors him, he respects him, but he also feels like he has no choice but to become this dark uh, weapon of uh destruction for his father and by do by by going down the dark path able to receive true uh recognition for his sacrifice um very much the way kylo feels like he must walk that dark path to honor his grand his fallen grandfather of darth vader and to be able to gain the recognition he feels he deserves from the first order and from uh, you know the dark forces uh, at play, 
And uh, there's also a lot of theming between faith and tradition um, and and how how the two can both benefit and hinder one's journey. And I it was very telling how um, Zelie was able to embrace her faith, embrace her power and her belief system, but allow herself to let go of tradition in that faith and allow herself to take a take a journey towards self recognition uh self realization uh, self identity and also self um reincarnation in some ways um her you know her her goals finally become about saving the many and saving all not just her peop- her people but all people of magic um and same for Inan, who is all about his tradition in family and in his government and how he he realizes maybe sometimes right and sometimes wrongly that he has to break those traditions in order to succeed where others failed. And of course, the another major theme, the cycle of violence, like I was talking about before with apartheid and prejudice. Um it's uh, and and genocide, um, the the cycle of violence and the cycle of generations who forget why they fight and forget why they hated each other, and instead of asking the question of why do we keep doing this, maybe they're good people. They people you know human beings fall back into that cycle of hatred and prejudice and violence that just continues to feed the flames of anger and hate um and it's been uh, it, it it's been quite a journey reading this book too to be honest because i had to really develop and really work my brain into high uh into high gear to be able to follow the story and understand it better because again for me self uh, first person stories are a challenge for me sometimes uh just because i I realize that it's me- it's meant to be a specific perspective, but at the same time, all the perspectives combined after you've read them all and understand who it's coming from, then you can finally paint a great picture. But the one the, the best positive thing I can say about this book is that it is able to add context and it's able to tell history and lore and myth of the world without sacrificing the narrative it the the purpose of the history the purpose of the storytelling and the and the context of of the world comes when it's needed because a character's um, the character we're following either has to explain it to someone else or the perspective we are following has to be informed about what what happened before or what what's about to happen after etc or what's going on in the present um so it, it allows you to continue the journey forward and it allows you to really embrace um, embrace the character's journey rather than trying to figure out what's happening in the world. And you, you understand it. You're able at, I would say every four chapters or so, you get that full picture of what's going on and you're able to say, okay, this is where the narrative's going. I see now. I see it now. Um, would I love it if it was in third person? Absolutely. I think I would be able to follow it better. 
But that being said, that's not the style of writing that the author likes. And for those that this is written for, they're probably still reading a lot of first-person narratives. And so for me, I have to understand that. I have to understand that the audience that this book is being written for, I'm a little out of the age gap, uh, age range for the novel. But at the same time, I can appreciate uh, elements of it. And it's a great book, Uh, Children of Blood and Bone by... uh, Whoop, wrong page I'm on, <laughs> excuse me, uh, my, by Tomi Adiemi is, uh, it's been a great novel. So listen, guys, um, as we wrap up here, I really wanted to quickly let you know that next week's podcast will be arriving on time, unlike this one, um, and it will be edited better than this one will be. I'm, I really had a very long weekend of work, and I just did not get a chance to record my podcast in time, so... You're getting this one a day later, but I still wanted to make sure that it was a proper podcast. Uh, Next week, we have a character spotlight. We are going to be talking about She-Hulk. And uh, this is is a fun character. I love the character of Jennifer Walters. She is probably one of the coolest Marvel characters out there. Uh, Yes, I said it. Um, she, She has such great personality. And she has one of the coolest jobs, really, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because she is she is a lawyer. She's a defense lawyer. And because of that, she has to defend villains sometimes. Um, we also got the news recently that on the Disney Plus streaming service, we will be getting a She-Hulk live-action TV series. So I wanted to make sure that I got a podcast out talking a little bit about the character so that you guys can be ready for when it comes out. And we'll do some uh, for Moon Knight and for Miss Marvel as well down the road. But right now we're going to be talking about She-Hulk because she's one of my favorites. And she's one that I grew up with because I watched the Hulk animated show. I watched the Spider-Man animated show and she does uh, get featured from time to time. So I'm, I'm excited to share that all with you. And just to give a peek, a quick peek down the road even further... We have a great independent comic coming coming up in two weeks. So two weeks from now, we're going to have New World by David Jesus Vinoli. Um, And then uh, next week, we're going to be talking about She-Hulk, a.k.a. Jennifer Walters, the badass crime-kicking lawyer that you didn't know about that's not Daredevil, that is a woman who is... Uh, seven to eight feet tall, green, and just strikes an image unlike any other. I cannot wait to show you guys. Thank you all so much for listening. Please continue to support the show. I can't wait to get back to you guys next week with a a full episode character spotlight on She-Hulk. As always, have an Elseworlds state of mind. Keep an open mind. And if you're interested in the Children of Blood and Bone, You can find it on Kindle. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it at Barnes & Nobles. It's at a great price because the new novel is coming right around the corner. Thank you guys again, and I hope you all have a great rest of your week. I will see you here next Sunday. Thank you guys, and have a good one.
You've been listening to the Elseworld Citizen Podcast, music provided by YouTube and its affiliates. The Elseworld Citizen Podcast is made possible thanks to listeners like you. If you'd like to continue to show support, follow us on Instagram at Elseworld Citizen and on Twitter at Elseworld Civ. If you are so kind, you can even contribute to the show by following the link in the show notes or the support link on the Anchor app. The views expressed in the interviews and commentary of this podcast are solely those of the individuals providing them and do not reflect the opinions of any comic book publishers, its parent affiliates, or subsidiary companies. Thank you again, and we hope you've enjoyed the show.